Well, I just want to tell you first off, well, let's do this. Let's do our confession. You got your Bibles? Hi, Lisa. Got your Bibles holding them up? If you have an iPhone or a smart pad or whatever those things are, you can hold that up too. <laughs> Repeat after me and say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys sound great. Sound great. I got to tell you a story. There was a man who had a dog, and, and uh, I guess there was an ice storm or something, and his dog got hit, okay? And, and his dog was dead, but he wanted to go to the vet. So he took the dog to the vet and said, Doctor, you got, you got to save my dog. And the, the vet looked at the dog and said, Man, guy, th- this dog is dead, man. He, and the guy goes, I want a second opinion. The vet goes, what? He goes, I want a second opinion. So the vet goes, okay. So he walks down the hall, comes back with a cat. Takes the cat, sets the cat down by the dead dog. The cat walks around, sniffs the dog, sits down, and just meows. And then the, guy, the vet walks out, comes back with a Labrador retriever. Comes down, walks the lab. The lab walks around the dead dog, sniffs the dog, goes and sits down on the other end, looks up at the vet and barks. And, and the vet looks up at the guy and says, dude, your dog is dead. And he says, all right, well, how much is this going to cost me? He said, 600 bucks. He said, $600? He said, yeah, it'll cost, you know, just charge you 50 bucks. But if I do a CAT scan and a lab test, that's going to cost $600. <laughs> CAT scan and lab test. Some of y'all about Wednesday are going to go, ha, ha, ha. I think that's funny. <laughs> I'm really excited about this message today. We're doing a series called This Time, which is really about looking at our lives and examining our lives. And if we only had 30 days to live, how would we live our life differently? What would we do differently in our life? If we, if we take the dash in between the tombstone and that's really our life, how do we live that to the fullest potential of who God's called us to be? Now, I want to tell you, I'm excited this week because usually I get my messages done on Monday or Tuesday. Friday, I rewrote this thing. And that really excites me because I typically don't do that. I mean, I sat down literally and rewrote the entire message. And what I'm going to show you today is a rewritten thing. And that tells me something. That tells me there's some people here today that need to hear exactly what's on this piece of paper. So I'm anticipating today that some of you, God's going to really speak to your hearts. When I said that earlier, I absolutely mean it. I want you to listen today. I want you to listen today with your heart. I want you to be open to what God would have to say to us. I went this week and I looked at um, a website, and this website is called deathclock.com. Have any of y'all ever heard of this? deathclock.com and what you do on deathclock.com is you go in there and you fill in information about your life and then it tells you the day that you're going to die isn't that exciting (laughs) so so you fill out your age and you know if you're in good health and if you smoke you know it's just got a few questions and then what it does is it spits out and here's what mine was Mine was September 22nd, 2065, but this is what it does, and I think this is genius, whoever comes up with this. It gives you your date, and then it gives you how many seconds you have left to live, and it's counting it down. 
And then when I exited out of the program, there was still a pop-up on my computer screen. And I'm like, I'm stressed now. I got to live, you know, because there's like these however many million minutes, and it's counting these down. That really made an impact on me. But here's the deal. And this is what this message is really all about, this whole series is about, is we need to look at ourselves, look at our lives in light of eternity, because all of us act like we're going to live forever on this earth. We act like that. We act like we're never going to heaven, we're never going to die. We act that way. And the Bible tells us exactly the opposite of that. Listen to this. I want to read a couple things to you here. The first one is John 10.10. Jesus said, I came so that you may have life, real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. In other words, Jesus said, I've come that you may have real life, not just life, Real life, exceeding abundantly life, over-the-top life. That's what Jesus came for. That's why he died. He he died to set you free, but he also died to give you an an amazing life, a life full of adventure, a life better than you could have ever dreamed of. That's what the Scripture says. But let's go on down to Psalm 39, and this is really kind of the core of what I want to talk about today. This is Psalm 39. Listen to this. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is just a breath. And then the scripture says Selah. And whenever you see the word Selah in scripture, some of you probably wondered what that meant. It means pause and calmly think of that. In other words, ponder this. Think about that. Stop and think about what was just written is what that says. And so the writer of Psalms here is saying, look, we need to remember. We need to learn to number our days. We need to live with the end in mind. Because if we do that, we'll live differently. Understood? James 4, 13 through 17. Look here, you who say today or tomorrow we're going to go to a certain town and we'll stay there for a year. We'll do business there and make a profit. Listen, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. Sound familiar? It's here for a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own plans, and all such boasting is evil. Verse 17, and I left this here for a purpose. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do, and then not do it. See, the scripture clearly tells us that we need to number our days. We need to be looking at our life and going, Man, I'm not going to be here forever. And I want you to understand something. If you'll begin to do that, it will change the way you live. So here's my big thought of the day. Here's the question. It's on the notes. It's on the screen. If you only had 30 days to live, what are some things that you would say yes to with your time? Read that again. If you only had 30 days to live, what are some things that you would say yes to with your time? In other words, if you knew, Then in 30 days from today, you are going home to be with the Lord. How would you live differently? You would drastically change your schedule. I mean, if I followed you around for a couple of days and really kind of saw what your life was like and and how you did things, think how differently you would do things if you knew you were going to die in 30 days. How much time do you think you'd watch television? I mean, 
Days of Our Wives is not going to be all that interesting because it's just the same thing over and over again, you know? I mean, whether the Cowboys win or lose really doesn't matter all that much, right? I mean, the things that are really important, now, you might want to watch Duck Dynasty because, you know, those guys are Christians, but, but the rest of it is, you know, but, but you think about how much time you spend watching TV. You know what? You would probably stop watching TV. And I'm not saying TV is necessarily a bad thing. But if you spend more than a couple hours a day watching TV, what could you really be doing with your time? And that's another thing, and I don't want to beat anybody up, but I want you to hear me here. Hear my heart, okay? If I were to ask you, man, how much time do you spend with the Lord every week? What, what are you doing? Man, Pastor, I'm so busy. If I were to follow you around, would that be true? You might be busy, but you, are you busy doing important stuff, or are you just busy? Because here's the deal. If you're watching more than 30 minutes or an hour a day, you've got time if you're watching TV. And everybody said... At least you didn't say shut up, pastor. I appreciate that. (laughs) But it's true. It's true. You know, if you only had 30 days to live, you would be careful who you spent time with, wouldn't you? You would make sure you were spending time with people that you knew, hey, this may be the last time that I get to talk to Dave. This is, I got to really invest my time here. You know, this may be the last time that we get to spend time together. I want this to matter. I mean, all of a sudden, you would become very purposeful in who you spent time with and what you said. Because see, look, when we're looking at Jesus' life, when he knew he was going to the cross, he said some very important things, and we really need to pay attention to those. He knew his time was almost up, the Bible says. And then he said some things. Those are very important things. And it would be the same in your life. Some of you would think about people that you haven't talked to in a long time that you might want to say thank you for some of the things they've done in your life and how they've helped you along the way. Some of you might have people that you need to forgive. Because I want to tell you something. In the light of eternity, the offenses that you carry are nothing. Matter of fact, Jesus says, if you hold out against your brother, leave your tithe at the altar and go make it right. He also says, if you don't forgive, I can't forgive you. So forgiveness becomes a pretty important thing if you've only got 30 days to live, doesn't it? All these different areas in our life, these different challenges that we face, what we're going to say yes to, what we're going to say no to, matter in the light of eternity. And I want to tell you something, church. If we would take this to heart and really begin to do what the Scripture says here and look at our lives knowing that we only have so much time left, it would be important. I want to tell you, I've been doing that lately with what I'm going to tell you. One of the reasons I redid this sermon, I don't want to waste one Sunday. I want it to count. I only get three hours with you today. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to preach that long. <laughs> but I only get a limited amount of time of your week. I want it to matter. I want what I say this morning to matter tomorrow. Right? And so we should all live that way, recognizing we don't know when our last chance to talk to a loved one is. We don't know. So why put it off? We shouldn't. The Bible tells us not to. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you three things today that if you will apply them, it will change your life. You understand me? I want you, this is important. This is one of those messages that I want you to take home, and I want you to keep this piece of paper. Stick it in your Bible. Put it somewhere that you can get back to it. Right? This is important. Number one, on your notes or on the screen, we need to learn to turn when into now. Turn when 
into now. And this is what I mean. We are all, most of us, procrastinate. Most of us put things off. Most of us have excuses for why we don't do things. In other words, when I graduate from high school, then I'll go out and do thus and such. When I graduate from college, then I'll do thus and such. When I get married, then I'll do thus and such. When I make enough money, we, we put all these constraints in on God, and we say, look, God, when this happens, I'll do this. You're not promised tomorrow. I've not done a lot of things right in my life, but I'll tell you one of the things that I've tried to live by that's been a core principle of my life is I do not want to live my life with regret. And that's what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about. I don't want to get to the end and realize at the end, I wish I would have and then fill in the blank. Because see, you don't know. You don't know. And if you would take the next 30 days and live like you only had 30 days, how different would your life be at the end of that 30 days? You would give forgiveness freely. You would love people unconditionally. You would make that phone call to that person that you've been thinking about for a while. You'd send that email. You'd send that text. You would begin to live your life radically different. And I want to tell you, the people that live their life to the fullest live like this because they walk free in life. They're not waiting for something to happen. Well, if that person will just come and, and just surrender their lives to me and tell me how much they love me and they hurt me. No. Stop that. You. Do your part. You forgive. You love. You step out. Pastor, you know, I've been thinking a long time that I need to go help and teach a little kid's class. And maybe when I get to such and such a place, I'll do it. Such and such never happens. See, some of you, this is going to resound with you. Some of you feel like you've got to get to this place spiritually in your life before you can do anything for God because you feel like you've messed up so many times that God can never use you. I'm going to encourage you in something. Read your Bible and look at the people that God uses. Many of them make you look like Einstein. God uses broken people. God used, thank you, and some of you said thank you, and that is the truth. God uses broken people. He specializes in people that come to him in spite of their past and give that to him and then say, God, if you can use me, here I am, and he does. Some of you need to receive that. Some of you need to get that in your heart and realize that God, in my brokenness, God, I'm not perfect, God. If you can use me, God, I want to be used. And here's the thing. We're going to be giving you an opportunity here in a few weeks. We're going to do a, a volunteer fair here in a few weeks. And we're going to have all these different opportunities in the church for teachers and, and for people to be greeters and all these different opportunities in church. And I want, you to, I want you to take an opportunity to volunteer for something. It can be anything. But you need to get involved. You need to jump in and be a part. This doesn't need to be the church you, you go to. This needs to be your church. If you're a member here, you need to be involved. You need to be serving somewhere. That's important. Because if you're waiting until you get perfect, it ain't ever going to happen, baby. Right? We should be getting better. 
The closer we get to Jesus, we should be getting better. We should be moving from glory to glory. But if you're waiting until you got it all figured out, baby, it ain't going to happen. That's an excuse. It's a good one. It's still an excuse. So stop waiting for when. Do it now. Make some decisions to do it now. And I want to tell you, This was personally very difficult for me, so I'm going to share this with y'all because, as some of you know, I'm not perfect. Dennis, don't say anything. Here's the thought. I want you to learn to live in the moment. I want you to learn to live in the moment. This is what I mean. Don't wish today away for tomorrow. And I'm really bad at this. I'm just going to tell you. Historically, I'm really bad at this. And, and, and as a visionary, I'm one of those kind of people that is always looking ahead. And I actually had some relatives say to me recently, what, they didn't talk to me. They actually talked to Trish who talked to me about it. And they asked me. We went on a vacation last summer. Our family went down to the coast in Texas because it's nice and cool down there in July. You know, that's a joke. And, and we went down to the coast, and I was with my parents and my brother. I mean, we, for the first time in years, we were all together, and I was absent for most of the trip. I was there, but I was not there. Do you understand? And my sister-in-law called my wife recently and said, hey, I want to talk to you. We're talking about vacation next summer. She goes, what's wrong with Chris? And she said, what do you mean? She said, he was there, but he was zoned out the whole time. Because my mind was not there. I was there physically. I was not there emotionally and mentally. And I want you to understand something. It was because I was thinking about other things. My mind, even though I was present, I wasn't. And I was off somewhere else. And we spent, spend our lives that way, so many of us. Well, if I can get this program going, or if I can do this, or build that, or do this, and this and that and the other thing. And what happens is we miss what's going on right now in front of us. Somebody was talking to me this past week, and I don't remember who it was. They were talking about their kids. And they were talking about how they looked up one day and they were graduating. How many of you parents, let me see parents, grandparents, raise your hands. How many of you can remember them when they were in diapers? Some of you are like, they are right now. <laughs> no, but I mean, I can remember my kids. We saw some pictures this week. We had some pipes bust in the house this week, and so we were cleaning out some of the closets, and we found some pictures of some of the kids when they were like teeny tiny. I could remember that like it was yesterday. But the truth is, you look up, and it's, it's gone. And they're driving, and they're leaving, and they're doing all these other things. And, and, and if you are not present in the moment, you will look up, and everything's changed. The scripture backs this up. I'm going to read it to you right now. Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Another version says today is the day that the Lord has made. Wow, isn't that interesting? Proverbs 27, 1. Don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what that day will bring. And you know what it's insinuating? Live today. Live life today. Don't wish it away. Some of you go, man, I can't wait to go to college. Don't miss high school. Because I promise you, 
You're going to look back and go, I wish I was back in high school one of these days. It was so easy. I had to sleep and go to school and eat and sleep. (laughs) And then you graduate from high school and college and you got to go to work. (laughs) The truth is, look at this. This is the day that the Lord has made. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it today. Don't wish it away. Live in the moment. I mean, take some time every day to tell your husband or wife you love them, your kids, your friends. If we would begin to do that, you think about somebody, text them, hey, thinking about you, hope you're doing good. Hope everything's, y'all, that's what life's about. It's not about all this other stuff. And I know I'm just kind of talking, but this is so important because we can wish it all away. And here's what I don't want for you. I don't want for you to get a call from the doctor one day that says, this is what's going on and it's terminal. Unless God does a miracle, you're going to be dead in X number of weeks or months. For you to start living. I heard an interview this week, because I've really been studying this. I watched an interview this week of a lady that had breast cancer who's since gone on to be with the Lord. And her comment was just what I said to you. She said, don't wait until you get a phone call like that, until you start living. Because here's what she said. Because by then, you start getting so tired, there are days you just want to die. So it's not like you get that and all of a sudden you go, oh, I better live really fast. Because by then it may be too late. There's that old country song, What's-His-Face Sings. Faith Hill's husband. Tim McGraw. Live like you were dying. I love that song. I went skydiving. Whoo! Rocky mountain climbing. Whoo! I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. That was good right there. <laughs> What else did he say? I love deeper and I spoke sweeter and I watched an eagle as it was fly, flying. Right? I, and gave forgiveness that I've been denying. Country song. I could have just sung that and we'd been out of here. I could go a lot of different directions with this, but I'm really not going to. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? If you never come back to this church again, some of you might be thinking about that right now. (laughs) If you do this, then I've been a success as your pastor. Because this changes everything. Number two. Turn intentions into actions. Turn intentions into actions. In other words, the regrets. In other words, oh, I need to call so-and-so and I'll get to it later. Oh, I need to take the kids out for this and this and such and I'll do it later. Oh, I need to, you know what I'm saying. I don't have to spell that out. But this is the part where we turn our intentions into actions. Proverbs 3.27, listen to this, man, this is good stuff. 
Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. Our church, Outreach Church, we love people. We just gave away 150 meals a couple weeks ago. We're out here loving people every chance we get. But I want you to do it not just as when we're in here as a church. I want this to be part of your lifestyle. I want it to be part of your lifestyle. I want you to be so financially blessed that you walk around with $1,000 in your pocket and you're walking through somewhere and you hear somebody and you just see a need and you're able, I mean, wouldn't that be awesome? Just to be able to give and love and bless people. But that's such your mentality that you walk out, you literally walk out the door of your house going, Lord, who am I gonna bless today? That's awesome. And that's what God wants us to do. That, you know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like Jesus saying, I, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. That sounds like a lot of fun. Instead of going around needing help all the time, you're able to go out and bless people. And I want you to understand something today. There are some people in this congregation that I know that are dealing with physical challenges that are debilitating. They're some of the most loving, giving, caring people I know. They love and give in spite of what's going on with them physically. Talked to a gentleman this week. Hasn't been to church in about five or six months because physically he's down. Uh, really, really physically down. I talked to him this week just to text him or to talk to him. And I said, hey, man, how are you doing? How's everything? He said, I'm doing good. He said, I'm going to get back to church as soon as I can. I said, do I need to send somebody down there to drive you up? Nope, I'm driving myself. Well, when he's driving, I want to know because I won't be near there because it could, you know. But anyway, <laughs> he said, Pastor, I want to tell you something. What? He said, man, I've been tithing. He said, I've been giving. He said, I always give. I thought, I wasn't why I was calling you. It wasn't even on my mind. But he was just letting me know that he's still connected. He's still involved. He said, I may not be there physically, but I'm still involved. No regrets. No regrets. He's turning his intentions into actions. He's doing what he can do. And I want you to know today, that's what God's telling us. Don't withhold from people. And that doesn't just mean money. Guys, as a matter of fact, a lot of times it doesn't have anything to do with money. It can just be time. Your most valuable asset, your most valuable resource is your time. Because you can make more money, but you cannot make more time. All you can do with your time is manage it. So stay away from the television. I mean the television. <laughs> and some of you are going, Pastor, why, why are you talking about that? Look, the only reason I'm talking about that is because that's where most of us waste most of our time. Right? I mean, I doubt anybody that you're going to get up to heaven and go, oh, I wish I could have seen the end of that race. If I just could have watched the hogs win a game. You know, I mean, you know, that's not, oh, I'm sorry. Did that come out of my Texas mouth? I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is made out of metal and y'all can't hurt me because I'm going to hide. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is, none of that's going to matter, y'all. I bet they got cable in heaven. You, you know, you can see stuff. Turn your intentions into actions. You know what would be really smart of you today? Is when you left here, you went home, 
and you wrote a list of things that you've been intending to do and you started doing them. You've been thinking about grandma or whoever and call them. You've been holding bitterness in your heart and you gave forgiveness. Instead of telling that child you're going to do something with them, do it. And watch that become a lifestyle for you. What an amazing thing. You know what I think the goal should be? One of the goals, I guess, is that when we get to heaven, wouldn't it be nice to walk in and see Jesus and go, man, I gave everything I had. I gave it all, God. I'm imperfect, but I gave you everything that I had. That's what he's looking for. So stop thinking about what you ought to do and do it. Do you hear me? Number three. Give your entire life to Jesus. Give your entire life to Jesus. I got a video that I want to show you real quick. Do we have that ready to go? Y'all watch this. All right. Chris Rosati is both in the prime of his life and at the end of it. About a year ago, this 42-year-old marketing vice president and father of two was diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. It's obviously heartbreaking, but it's hardly the focus around here. In fact, after Chris found out, he did something few people with a terminal illness ever choose to do. He applied online for a job as a donut delivery man. Seriously. I knew I wouldn't get a job, but at least then I could say when they arrested me, hey man, I applied. What do you mean when they arrested you? Then the next step is you try to steal a truck. That's right. (laughs) He said steal a truck. It was all part of this fantasy Chris dreamed up. To stake out the Krispy Kreme donut factory near where he lives in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina follow one of the drivers on a route, and take his truck when the guy's not looking. <laughs> and then just go around and give away the donuts. Kind of a Robin Hood kind of thing. Yeah, made it okay. Stealing cholesterol from the rich and giving to the poor. <laughs> I was going to go the nearest school, because once I knew where... This plan has some holes in it. I'm not speaking donuts. <laughs> it did. You're just going to pull up to a school and say, oh, here, everybody, here's a bunch of donuts? Well, yeah. You know, now that you said that, I probably wouldn't. Not to mention the legal ramifications. One of the blessings of ALS is, what are they going to do? In case you haven't figured out, Chris has a remarkable sense of humor about this. Which is partly why, when Krispy Kreme heard about his plotting through a Facebook post, they didn't threaten prosecution. Instead, they offered transportation. Specifically, a bus. A bus stocked with donuts. And so, for an entire day, the heist. Chris, his family, and friends Line up. went on this rolling sugar high. You had two donuts? Joyfully delivering to city parks, cancer wards, Take care. and children's hospitals. We're glad to make some people smile. But the biggest smile of the day belonged to Chris himself. Remember, his original dream was to show up at a school. And here he was, at his old high school. I got a thousand donuts on the bus. Which leads us to what this was really all about. Chris says if dying has taught him anything, it's about how to live. 
Thank you for the warm welcome. He says, like donuts, you only go around once. And you've got to make people smile while you still have the chance. He really wants kids especially to know that. Because if I can't impact people, this whole thing is a waste. Message received. You know? Donuts in the back for whoever wants them. <laughs> All right, y'all have a great day. Donuts, right? Pretty awesome, wasn't it? Makes me think. And he had a chance to give, so he's looking at his life. He's going, what can I do? And, and these people jumped on board to help him. But I want you to understand something. You have the gift of life in you. You're the city on a hill, Jesus said. You're the light of the world. And Jesus has given you, not just me, he's given you the commandment that says go into all the world, preach the gospel, tell them the good news, make disciples, something that can change somebody's life. And I love what he did. I love that. But when I saw it, it made me think, what more can we do? What more can we do? Guys, can you imagine what would happen in our community, what would happen in our church if we would live like this? If we just said as a church family, what if we only had one year left? What would we do as a church with a year? How much more would we love? We wouldn't be going, I wonder what we're going to do. We'd be going, how many people can we reach? If we've only got a year, how many? And we would live with intensity, and we would live with passion, and we would live with purpose. Why don't we choose to do that? Why don't we decide we're going to do that and really live, really live? I want to share the scripture in this last point. I want you to understand something. If you cut me wide open, this is what I believe, donuts and this, okay? I mean, because this is what it's all about. It's not the hokey pokey. The hokey pokey is not what it's all about. Some of y'all get that later. That was really funny. All right. Mark 12, 30 through 34. Here, let me give you this story. Jesus was out doing his thing, and, and this religious teacher came up to him and said, Jesus, what are the greatest commandments of all? Because they were constantly messing with him. Here's what Jesus said. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Love God, love people. The teacher of the religious law replied, well said, teacher. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Good job, Jesus. Really? Oh, well. Anyway. You have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know it is important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbor as myself. And I think the guy was being sincere right here. This is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Now listen to this next statement. Some of you may hear this a little different than you've ever heard it before. Realizing how much the man understood, this guy was getting it, Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Say that one more time. 
Realizing this guy was starting to get it, Jesus said, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask Jesus any more questions. (laughs) What if Jesus was saying to this guy, bud, you almost made it. You almost got it. You're this close. You're not there yet. But you're this close. You almost won. You almost finished. You almost did it. Almost. How many of you have got a flu shot? Let me see your hands. Okay. When you get a flu shot, what are they giving you? The flu. All of the flu? Just a little bit. Why? So you won't get the real thing. Right? They're giving you enough flu so you don't get the flu. And our churches in the United States are full of people that have just enough Christianity, just enough Jesus, but they don't have the real thing. Almost. Well, pastor, I've got my name on my Bible. Doesn't that mean something? Almost. Pastor, I got a Highland Assembly t-shirt. Almost. You see my point. It's a heart deal. It's a heart thing. I wrote this comment down. Some of you might want to write it down. I've never heard anybody say this, but I really like it. Stop halfway living because halfway living is halfway dying. Stop halfway living because halfway living is halfway dying. And here's what I mean. You got to be all in. The reason that some of us have never experienced who Jesus really is is because we got a Christianity flu shot. And we got just enough Jesus to not get the real thing. And the reason is we've never jumped all the way in and given him everything. God is never okay with lukewarm. He's never okay with okay. He's never okay with, eh. Jesus wants everything. He wants all of us. And I really want to challenge you to look at your life and examine your heart and say, am I all in? Have I given everything? Am I all the way in? And the truth is, all of us can look at areas in our life where we need to jump in and do more. But I want you to understand something, guys. Real life is in all in. Have you ever heard of somebody halfway pregnant? Either are you or not. And what I'm saying here is let's get all in. Let's look at our lives. You know, here in a couple weeks, we're going to have our annual business meeting, and I'm going to talk about some things we want to do this year as a church. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to give you opportunities to serve. I'm going to give you opportunities to jump in and give. But listen, if you don't get involved and you don't jump in, I'm never going to make you do that. I'm never going to do it. I'm never going to come. Come on, come on, come on. Uh Uh-uh. I'm going to go do it, and you can come. Right? Right? We're going to set opportunities for you to give. We're going to set opportunities for you to serve. We're going to give you the ability to jump in. We're going to give you that ability. But you have to decide. 
And don't blame God if you're not experiencing the fullness of who he is if you're not willing to do your part. You understand me? Some of you are going, Pastor, that's so harsh. It's just real. Because I don't want you to walk out of here thinking it's God's fault. He's done it all. He sent Jesus to die for you and rose again so that you could live in victory. He sent the Holy Spirit to live in your life and empower you to be the person that he's called you to be. He's done all the hard work. Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood. I'm giving everything. You know what he wants from you? Everything. Pastor, that's scary. Yes, it is. Pastor, that could be dangerous. Pastor, that means God may ask me to do some things I'm not comfortable with. I promise you he will. <laughs> Pastor, that, that might mean I have to love people. Pastor, that might mean I have to teach kindergartners. Pastor, that might, I mean, that's scary. Pastor, that might, I mean, whatever it is. But, but I want you to know, that's living. Living is not back here locked up in a cage somewhere trying to protect yourself. That's halfway dying. Have you ever been scared before? Come on. I mean like really scared. Like, ah, scared. Right? What do you usually say when you survive that? I felt alive. <laughs> right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all don't want to say anything because mom and dad are sitting near you. But, you know, we know. There's nothing like coming face to face with your mortality to really make you, you know, know what living is. I mean, I didn't know what real cold was until four degrees happened. <laughs> I was talking to Ricky about that this morning. I said, man, I had my long johns on. I had my shirt on. I had my jacket on. I had all kinds of stuff on, and I was still cold. I mean, I could feel it, and it, what was weird is I could feel the cold in certain parts of my body, like my kidneys. I don't understand that. But somebody made the comment. It was kind of funny. Somebody made the comment, you sure know you're alive. Yeah, I did. I was alive and cold. <laughs> but you got to be out in it to experience it. Right? This is better preaching than you are amen, and I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> right? I want you to live... I pastor an amazing church. I mean, we get it, but we're not done. We have more to do. And if we would live like we only had a year or a month, how intense would we be? This church would be more than full every Sunday because we'd be dragging people in here saying, you need to come know and learn about Jesus. You wouldn't be worried about what they think of you. You'd be worried about them. That's not condemnation. It's just truth, right? Let's live like we were dying. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time, Lord, and I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you tell us to examine our life and realize that we're not here forever. Lord, you said to take account of our lives and look that our life is no more than the breath of a hand. It's just that we're here and we're gone. We're only here one time. We get one shot. So, Father, today, everybody within the sound of my voice, 
We got all different kinds of people in here from all different kinds of backgrounds. Brokenhearted, addicted, facing divorce, hopeless. And I got some people in her, Lord, who are religious and they're hanging on to their religion. Lord, all of us, today, help us be honest with ourselves today. And really look at our lives and ask the question, am I all in? Am I I living my life like I only had 30 days? Because the truth is, Lord, we don't know. And so, Father, I just pray in Jesus' name. I'm asking, Lord, I'm asking you, as your pastor, help us be real and look at that. To really ask ourselves that question. Am I really living? Am I all in? Father, I pray today, in Jesus' name, as your spirit moves in this place and as you're speaking to different people about different things, that you would touch every heart here. If you're here today and you know you need to receive Jesus as your Savior, you've been running, or maybe you've been searching, and maybe God's spoken to you today, and you know that today you want to receive him as your Savior, you want to receive him as your Lord. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. Or maybe you're here today and you're a Christian, but you've walked away. And you're living your own life and you're doing your own thing. And this message has pierced you. I want you to understand today, there is no condemnation. He's calling you home. It's his mercy and his grace. It's his love calling you home, saying, come back home. If that's you today and you want to rededicate your life, you want to, you want to rededicate, you want to ask him to come in and clean you up and, and change you, if that's you today, slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I want the prayer partners to come forward. I want some of my leadership to come down. There was hands all over the auditorium this morning. We're a church family. What that means is, we know we're not perfect. And if you're here today and and you're struggling and you want to rededicate your heart, or if you're here today and there's some things going on in your life and you just need somebody to agree with you in prayer, I promise you there's some amazing people down here right now that want to pray with you as you do that. So if there's something going on in your life, if you want to rededicate your life, if you just want somebody to agree with you in prayer, I just want you to step out, come down to the altar, and we're just going to continue to worship the Lord. If that's you, come down. And let's get it right. Amen. Oh, God.
and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Every new right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, Lord. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, Lord. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and renew right spirit within me. And cast me not away from your presence, O Lord. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. joy of your salvation and renew right spirit within me and renew right spirit within me and renew right spirit within me And renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. And renew a right spirit within me. And cast me not away from your presence, O Lord. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Henry. 
renew a right spirit within me. And renew a right spirit within me. Let's all stand this morning. Still folks praying down here. We're not going to stop that. You know, the other day in church, you remember back when we had church, it feels like it was a million years ago. But I really feel like the Lord spoke to me and that this year was going to be a year of new beginnings for us. What I want you to do, I really want you to do this. I want you to examine your heart, examine your life, see where you are. Guys, it's not about religion. It's not about punching your I went to church card. It's about you having an encounter and a relationship with God who loves you and him working in your life and you becoming the person that he's called you to be. So I want you to examine your life, see where you are. Let's get that right. Grab your neighbor's hand this morning. We've got Germex in the lobby if you're worried. It's all good. Father, I just thank you today for your presence. Lord, I know there are those here that have asked you to come in and they've, they've asked to recommit their lives to you, Lord. So I want us to all pray this together. Everybody pray this together. Lord Jesus, in this new year, I give you my heart. I ask you to come in. Make my life your home. Holy Spirit, reside in me. I give you everything. Thank you for being my Savior and being my Lord. I'm all in. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what we're going to do tonight. We're going to show a video. Billy Graham's recently done a video. We're going to watch that tonight. And then we're going to have a time of prayer here in the sanctuary. That'll be at 530. So I want to invite you to come back tonight. The other thing that I want to do is I want you to be able to spend some time getting to know people around you. You know, a church is made up of people, right? And it's so easy in churches, especially a church our size, where you can be in a church with people and you don't even know who they are or don't get to know them. I want you to meet other people. Now, I've got a list of people I don't want you to meet, but I'll let you know who those are. I'm just kidding. But we're gonna come back and we're gonna spend some time fellowshipping too, okay? Father, bless us as we leave this place. Lord, as we leave here, help us to remember that we are your hands and we are your feet. And Lord, I pray that you would send people across our path that we could show your love to and your mercy and share the good news with them. In Jesus' name, God bless you as you go.